It's a gloomy rainy day here at home but I think that's just the perfect time to bring you the first episode of 4180. Hi, I am Jayco, a sophomore student at the University of the Philippines, Diliman. In this podcast, we tackle instructional communication concepts and relate them to everyday life. Instructional communication refers to the exchange of information between the teacher and their students through verbal and nonverbal messages. That's pretty straightforward and that's pretty much the core of our podcast. To go deeper into what instructional communication is, it also examines teaching and learning using communication theories. Now we're not going to get too technical about that, but masters and PhD classes and even online classes are something that we also take into account in instructional communication. It's a field that constantly changes because of how education incorporates new technologies. But before the very open field of instructional communication that we have today, previous scholars in the past have defined the exchange of information in learning as a one-way path from the instructor to the students. I think it's a great thing that we've gone beyond this archaic notion because it discounts the role of the students in their own learning. It's very important that one's learning stimulates them to create concepts from the material that they learn in class. I think it's pretty boring, for example, if I just sat in class, in a speech class for example, get taught about instructional communication and then just go home and then prepare for a test about it. I would really prefer it if one of the course outcomes place an emphasis on me creating a product that had something to do with the lessons that I learned in class. When I was in high school, there was this strong emphasis on what they called performance tasks. So usually these are plays, diagrams, scrapbooks, and they were pretty hit or miss. Some were fun, some were not so fun. But at the end of the day, they were a better representation of the concepts that I learned than let's say normal cut and dry exams. That's just my opinion, but I think it's better to use your knowledge for something other than a piece of paper where you get grades. And I'm very fortunate that in college, it also seems to be the case that there's an emphasis on the product aspect. My majors, for example, have a very strong emphasis on, let's say, proposal papers, class presentations, and it really helps us process the information that we learned in class beyond just answering quizzes. But also there are those days where I really can't escape normal tests. Like for example, in grade 11 and grade 12, I was a STEM student and I enrolled in a med school. So most of our subjects were anatomy and physiology. And what seemed to work best for me then was when I review for exams, I would stimulate an environment where I felt like I was being questioned. and. When my friends were free, of course, I would refer to them for help. But when I'm all alone, which seems to be mostly the case in college, but back then, of course, since the commute was pretty hectic, I found that this app called Quizlet seemed to help. So when I got home, I just opened the app and then I'd create flashcards or quizzes with possible test items. So it worked for me because it hit two birds with one stone. One, I create a product by crafting my own tests. And two, my knowledge is tested through the repetition and actual answering of the test that I created myself. 
And I feel like this preference of mine is a reflection of our generation. And when it comes to learning as well, I feel like Gen Z seems to prefer we-centric learning styles. That is, there is a preference for wanting to learn by building, making, creating something. This is kind of like a more crystallized version of the transactional learning that I read about in my interpersonal classes. Because Gen Z seems to thrive by creating videos, podcasts, diagrams, pretty much anything that seems to be a manifestation of the lessons that we learn in class. And I also think that it does something to do with wanting to own our learning and wanting to make it more personal. When it comes to teacher-student dynamics, for example, academics Timothy Matet and Stephen A. Beebe went into detail about how in class, students listen less if they don't have a good relationship with their teacher. This is something we often witness in high school and sometimes even in college. We feel more comfortable, at ease, and more willing to work on class requirements if the teacher makes a connection with us. And of course, if they are able to adapt their knowledge in such a way that is transformative and developing. That adds a bit of spice to lectures so that they're not just taking in terms that can be a lot to deal with if you're a freshman or if you're taking a GE, for example, that's way different from your major. And this, of course, means that instructors are able to master their course material alongside sustaining friendly conversations with their learners. In other words, the boundary between student and teacher must exist. But that boundary should be a productive one and should be made with the course material adapted for a transactional exchange. And when we talk about adaption, it should also include the changing technologies that enhance the educational experience. This is something that is crystallized by Vicky Cook in her 2015 study about Gen Z students. She studied Gen Z students who have a preference for tech-infused educational environments. And I think this is something that's close to home because of how much I prefer Quizlet and Khan Academy and all those online platforms. Her study's findings confirm that Gen Z post-secondary students lean towards educational opportunities that use technology and visual media. She also added that they often preferred having solution-oriented relationships with mentors and peers. So that means having a kind of productive dynamic where you work together with your instructor or your classmates in creating a product that embodies what you learned in class. And I guess the bottom line here is, experienced instructors should be able to formulate classroom experiences that make students feel comfortable and connected. It's definitely not easy because of how things change every few generations and of course, these instructors became students at a time where technology was less available. But if there's a maintained connection and a balanced ethos, then there's no qualms about keeping education fresh and authentic for students. And that has been it for our first episode. And if you have anything that you want to say about instructional communication and how technology is so influential to the young learners of today, you can use the hashtag full180speech on social media. 
I'd also like to thank my professor, Ms. Gray and Keith Pasqual for her modules, which provide the basic framework for these podcasts. For the next episode, we will be comparing the Gen Z learning experience to the one that millennials grew up with. This has been Jayco, until the next Full 180.